Welcome to the Elliott Confidential Podcast. I'm Christopher Elliott here with Aaron and Aiden. Gentlemen, it has been quite an adventure. Heck yeah. <laughs> we have been to three countries in the last three days, I think. My um, goodness, yeah. Way too much. Uh, we should probably start by doing our question of the week because I want, I really would like everyone to answer this one. So our question is, have you ever been to a destination that has changed your perspective in a way that is permanent? So a place that really changed your life forever. Um, I think everyone wants that in a trip, but um, there are only a few destinations that actually will change your life. So uh, scroll down, leave a comment, and uh, we will read your comments next week as we always do. Mm -hmm. It has been actually two weeks since our last podcast. So this week was really crazy because I think that your calculation of three countries is wrong. We went to North Cyprus, so it's not a new oh, site. Oh, that's right, yeah. So over the course of a couple of days, we were in uh, Cyprus, Turkish Northern Republic of Cyprus. Oh, we were in the, the British section as well. On the British, so that's so a that... third, so that's three. And then we were in Israel. Yeah. Then we were in technically Palestine because that's where the uh, the Western Wall and other parts are. It's technically not Israel. It's like a shared territory. Well, no, we and also the train and the car went through some of the Palestinian yes, territories. Yes, and the car so went we'll through. Count that. And then we also were in Turkey, and now we're in Switzerland. So that's a total of, uh, if I'm counting correctly, eight countries. Yeah, we really got around. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We saw Marios again, and we went down to the water in Cyprus, and we saw some really amazing places in, um, it was not Larnaca. It was no, we went to Limassol. Limassol. Or Limassol. And I'm constantly confusing Limassol and Larnaca. I'm really sorry about that. Limassol. Limassol. Um, that is actually the, um, the I mean, I, I like to call it Little Dubai because it's got all these office buildings, but yeah. uh, it, it is... Good architecture. It's the business center of Cyprus, yeah. and and it's right on the beach, so it has a lot of really good, nice ocean, and it also has Roman ruins. I think everyone ah. has the Roman ruins there. Yeah, well, I posted about this on the Away's Home Facebook page. Make sure you're following that also. Um, and basically, there's, I forget what it's called. I forget the name. Sorry. It escapes me. But there is basically an amphitheater there, and there's a pool, and it's in Britain, and it's like... Uh, funny it's, enough, it's yeah, in funny enough. It's in Britain, but it's over two thousand years old. Crazy, crazy, mm -hmm. crazy, crazy. And so, it's called the Corian Ancient Amphitheater. Yeah, Corian Ancient Amphitheater. Yeah. And so, it's um, it's beautiful very... view of the uh, Mediterranean. Yeah, really amazing. And uh, Marios gave us an excellent tour. Th thanks so much, Marios. Yeah. He he's also um, a radio guy, so he listened to our podcast and. He had some very good tips for ways of improving yeah. our podcast. Yep. And other than that, we went into Limassol, and most importantly, we ate. We got more tahini pitas. We ate. I was actually surprised to find that there was a bakery selling stevia tahini pitas. So yeah. Instead yeah. Of no, sugar, no. 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 They're not using for me. stevia. But you know, he did. He showed us his bakery that makes tahini pitas, and they put walnuts in it. That's their thing. Ah, uh, you know, we did. I don't remember that. I remember he showed it, but he, we must have not eaten it. We did. Maybe I was eating. No, a no, no. That was pita. a different tahina pita. We have an obsession with tahina pitas, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are totally into those. But and anyway, uh, we... if you've never had a tahina pita, it's basically uh, dough 
and tahini and cinnamon and sugar. Yeah, it's, it's a awesome. lot of things. It's, it's a lot of things. It's perfect food. It's, it's delicious. It's yeah. interesting because we've talked to so many people about tahini pitas, and so many of them are like, "Oh yeah, it's like you know, it's like a pita with tahini in it. Yeah, it's savory. No, but it's, it's not. like a falafel. No, no, no. You haven't you haven't tried it. You have to go there. It's one of the things. It's really easy to miss since we've talked to people who have been to Cyprus and totally missed it. Yeah. yeah. But other than that. We went to Limassol. We also tried some local food there, uh, a really authentic food place. Lots of beans. Oh, yeah. Uh, they use a lot of beans in Cy Cypriot cuisine, and it's really good stuff, too. It's very, too. very good. Yeah. It's a lot of fresh beans, a lot of vegetables. If you're into that sort of thing, definitely. So we were like in that. Cyprus for a whole uh, month. Aiden, uh, what did you think of Cyprus? So Cyprus, it's a lot like Greece, but... I feel like the food is better there. And oh, also, I, I like the idea of just being on an island rather than the mainland for a little bit for us. So it was kind of calming. I don't get island fever. I loved it when we lived in Hawaii. Um, I want to go back to St. Lucia. I remember when we were in St. Lucia, that was awesome. You could just, at that place, you could literally walk around the whole island. Yeah, that's how small, small it is. Yeah. So I don't really get island fever. That might be, you know, a reason not to go for some of the listeners of this podcast. But that was uh, a selling point for me. Yeah, uh, Aaron. Any final thoughts about Cyprus? My final thoughts on Cyprus, though, guys, is it's a really nice place. Not very pedestrian friendly, though, and uh, also the infrastructure. Not when the, the motorcycles are on the yeah yeah sidewalk riding drive going directly toward you. <laughs> yeah, and the infrastructure has some work to be done. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it has some work to be done. Like, you know, you can't flush toilet paper down and you have to buy all your water. Yes. That can be a little bit insane. I, I feel like if you have those sorts of problems with plumbing, that to the same extent you'd have some issues with the streets, but right in front of our apartment, there was literally a crosswalk button. It wasn't even a intersection. They just had that there for people to cross. And I felt like that's something that you don't even see in the US or in some very well-developed European countries is just a crosswalk for the sake of people crossing the road and nothing else. So I would say that at the same time, it is pedestrian friendly and very not pedestrian friendly. It's a weird place. It is weird. It's weird. It feels like some guy was just like, ooh, right there looks like it needs a crosswalk and then just <laughs> turned a blind eye to the rest of the city. Yeah. I thought the strangest thing about Cyprus was how divided it was. You have northern Cyprus, you have the Greek side or the European side, and then you have the British bases. If you go to, you know, if you want to become a member of the Traveler Century Club, they will give you a list of countries. Cyprus, you can hit three countries because you go to the British bases, that counts as a country. You go to northern Cyprus, that counts. And then you go to the European side, that counts. But it's kind of weird to have it all divided. And the most surreal scene for me was driving along the road and seeing this enormous Turkish flag, Turkish flag on the Turkish side, uh, that and and the oh, saying yeah. by um, uh, it was Ataturk saying it's it is great to be born Turkish something. Oh, uh, it's lucky that. are those yes. who are born Turkish. <laughs> right. It's interesting because they actually like did this taunting them. They put a huge uh, two huge Turkish flags on the side of a mountain in North Cyprus, and they put it in such a way that only the Greeks that are using a particular highway would see it. Yeah. And so it's kind of really weird. You can see it on a satellite image, actually. All right, so we went from Cyprus to Israel, and our first stop was Tel Aviv. What did you guys think of Tel Aviv? You know, Tel Aviv was very interesting because it actually had an uncanny resemblance 
to a lot of the other places in the Middle East that we've been. But it no, felt like New York, though. Yeah, it was, it, it was a bit odd because, you know, I expected it on one hand to seem more shiny like Dubai, maybe, but it wasn't. But it was also very, you know, it's very unique. Tel Aviv is just a very unique city. I don't know any way else to describe it. You have a lot of, oh, what's that architecture called? Bauhaus. A lot of Bauhaus and we did a Bauhaus tour there. Yeah, yeah. We did a tour of Bauhaus architecture and other things. And uh, on the other hand, it feels like this place is exactly what you'd expect it to be. Uh, what every American imagines the Middle East to be. So what I mean by that is... You know, Americans, when they, man, uh, when they imagine the Middle East, they imagine hummus and falafels and sort of worn down apartment buildings and scorching hot weather. We didn't get that scorching hot weather, lucky for us. But we did get a ton of falafels and a ton of hummus. I think that's all we ate, And there was no yeah. shortage of that. We yeah. only eat hummus there and falafels. Yeah, that was it. That was like every meal. And it was crazy because... It was so good. I couldn't have <laughs> imagined a place in the world that had so much hummus and falafels. It had, we, you know, we didn't just eat hummus and falafel. We uh, met up with a very famous food writer named Adina Sussman, and she took us around the Lewinsky Market where she showed us a guy who was making very special, customized gazos. Aiden, you, you're probably the best person to talk about gazos. Yes, I mean, I consider myself a gazos connoisseur. I, <laughs> yes. I've been in love with gazos since our first trip what, Well, to what is a gazo? So gazos is like a, this sweet, bubbly, fruity, mineral water drink. Mm -hmm. And really it is just mineral water with either just plain old sugar or sugar cane juice in it. And what it does is it mixes with the mineral water. Usually it's very heavily mineralized and it tastes fruity even though most of the time there is no fruit in it. It's just sugar and mineral water. So this guy we met up with, Benny, he was doing some really interesting things with uh, gazos, right? Yeah, he put a lot of fruits and other uh, fermented things in the beverage and also a lot of like grasses, green things. He was putting kale in. Yeah, kale, that sort of stuff. And then we went over to the uh, his little cellar area where he does more fermented stuff uh, just just right next to his stand and he did he told us about how he did a lot of kombucha there but then it got uh he, he got taken down because they don't regulation things in tel aviv <laughs> i can imagine them coming in with guns blazing going you're shut we're shutting down your kombucha factory yeah. Yeah. It's too bad because we, you're a fan of kombucha. I do. Well. I love it. I told him that I really wanted to try some of it. And he's like, sadly, I do not. Yeah, I, I, he, was, he only had some scobies that were just being kept alive by tablespoons of sugar. So. But he also gave you some good tips for if you ever want to start making kombucha. Yeah. Again. That, and that was you can get some really amazing flavor yeah. if you refrigerate it. At a low, well, not refrigerate, more like air condition it. So have it at a lower temperature. Because we were telling him about how we had super strong kombucha after two weeks. And he's like, you probably were in a hot area and you left it in a hot uh, part of the house. Yeah. And we said, yeah, we were in Sedona. Uh, and he said, well, I have my uh, kombucha set to 22 degrees Celsius. And I'll leave it there for two years, three years. Come back to it. It'll be really, really strong 
really delicious, but not too alcoholic because it was in that low temperature. So you can get as much kombucha flavor as you want without having it go above a certain alcohol limit. But of course in Tel Aviv, they don't care as long as it has alcohol. They're like Mormons with alcohol. If it has alcohol, you need a permit. Yes. And then the other thing that we ate a lot of were, of course, falafel and hummus. Those, those are the two staples, I think, of, of food in the Middle East, especially in Israel. And so we had falafels while we were in Tel Aviv. Mm -hmm. And um, then we also ate them when we were in Jerusalem. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself there, though. Uh, what is it like when you eat falafel every day? It's good. You don't feel bad. <laughs> like there's no there's there's no problem with it. If you eat falafel every day, you'll do just fine. Okay. I felt great. That's one one perspective. I loved falafel so much. It is like one of my very favorite food. But I have to tell you that after day three of falafel, my stomach was saying, "Hey, Chris, maybe you could just go easy on this." I mean, if I'm being honest, I was ready for round four. Food. <laughs> I was ready for round four. It was so good, though. It was. It was delicious because they kept putting. Then when we were in Jerusalem, they would put all this. Garlic sauce and tahini. It's the tahini and, for me. The tahini, oh, man, like so they could good. just dump twice as much tahini as they were, and they already put a lot of tahini in that, and I would still eat it. I, it was so good. Speaking of tahini, we also decided we were going to try some of the halva with uh, mm. uh, Adina. Halva. I love bacon halva. <laughs> yeah, they accidentally gave us some bacon, but you know what though? Uh, Adina knew where to find the best. Halva. Oh and, yeah. And she found this amazing in the Lewinsky market. She found this amazing halva that had um, pistachio. That was the best halva we've ever had. Best halva ever. For had. the viewers, uh, for the listeners rather, what is halva? Halva is basically tahini and sugar mixed in. <laughs> That's, That's it. it. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> nature's perfect food. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we also decided we were going to buy some halva. Yeah. We still have some. We still. Yeah. yeah we, we brought still it have with some. us. Yeah. Yep. So um, oh. for me, going to Tel Aviv was a really interesting experience because we're, Aiden and I are both fans of architecture. And so they had a lot of Bauhaus architecture Yes, that was really amazing to look at, very functional, still being used. And, um, and you know, who knew that all those Bauhaus architects fled from Berlin to Tel Aviv just before the war, and here they are building all their houses. I'm also fans of other types of architecture, like the female architecture. I really wanted to see Gal Gadot while we were in Israel. They said she likes to, you know, stroll her little her her child down the streets uh, of the the beach, and I was I was just looking around like, where is she? Where is she? Nowhere to be seen. Well, we did disappointment. We did go to. Gal Gadot's um, neighborhood in Tel Aviv, but we did not see her. You see, Aaron and I had the tour. You were still sleeping, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Such a shame. Yeah. Anyway, Jerusalem um, was, for us, for me, it was the, the highlight of, you know, of the year for me, really, because, I mean, I love all the places we've been to, but this destination changed me like no other. If you think of Israel like... And this is a very crude way of putting it, Disney World for religious tourists or Disney World for religions. Every major world religion has a presence in Jerusalem. It's their holy city. It's crazy. Okay, now you're going to get in a lot of trouble for that comparison. Okay, that's even worse than mine. Uh, maybe, but it's true though. They, um, I mean, if you go to something like the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, every denomination has a little presence there. It's it really does feel like, you know, you've got 
you've got various religions and they're all vying for this little small piece of property in, mm -hmm. in Israel. And it is remarkable, really incredible. The history, um, we had a, a wonderful guide who showed us, uh, you know, we walked on the ramparts, we uh, went over to the Western Wall. We actually, the day before, all three of us had gone through the, the uh, tunnels in the Western Wall that were used to be used as cisterns. Mm -hmm. And the, the one thing that I kept, I mean, the impression that I have was that for, for most people, this is the highlight of their religious experience. Like they're devout Christians, devout, devout Muslims, um, devout Jews, and they come to Israel to pray and to be closer to God. And so for them, so it's not uncommon to be walking alongside someone and suddenly they are breaking out into song. And I have to tell you, that is a pretty scary thing is you're walking next to someone and suddenly they're singing, not very well, they're singing something in a language you don't understand and you're going, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. But these are basically religious pilgrims. We're going to have to talk more about Israel and our experience there in the next podcast since there's just so much to unpack there. Yeah, but, we're going to totally do a sidebar in the next podcast. Yeah. But now we're, in, uh, now we're in Switzerland. And uh, does anyone want to say anything about Switzerland? Expensive! Ja, grüezi. Grüezi. Okay, how do, first of all, how do we end up in... We're in Basel right now. How, do, how did we end up here? We took well, a plane. Yeah, we took a plane. <laughs> okay. That's the literal well, actually, answer. What happened was I went into a nice Excel spreadsheet and I realized, hey, we have some Schengen days. We have like a lot more Schengen days. Yeah, yeah enough then, until the end of the year. So yeah. Schengen is the area in Europe and you can only be there for 90 days at a time if you're a U.S. resident. Out of 180 uh, a US days. U.S. citizen out of 180 Originally, days. Originally, I thought that referred to like an area in China, but it's Europe. Yeah. And so we, we had time and we had the opportunity to come to Switzerland. Yeah. I love Switzerland. I used to live just north of here in Germany for a whole year. And so for me, it's a little bit like coming home. We have, we have the great German and Swiss bread. We have the Leckerli, which is like gingerbread. Leckerli. Leckerli. And right now we also have the Herbstmesse is going on, the Fall Fair. So t today we went over to the Fall Fair at uh, Petersplatz and we we saw all the, the, it's kind of like a food festival yeah. and handcraft, things like that. And it's such a beautiful day too here. Yep. It's still in the 70s, so the winter hasn't really started yet. It's nice. Oh, well, we've only been here for one full day, actually, since two days ago we got here. Yesterday was our first full day. So we've only been here for one full day. Next podcast, we'll be sure to let you know what goes on, what happens, and hopefully give you more information about the Schweiz. So our question of the week again is uh, what destination have you been to that's truly changed your perspective? You know, I talked about uh, Jerusalem changing my perspective. I'll have more to say about that in the next podcast because it's something that's definitely worth um, unpacking. But we have comments from you. So uh, Aaron is going to read our comments this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So last week's question was, what is your favorite warm weather destination when the weather turns cold? Now, let me just get to the comments here. So, Kathy writes, I spend my winter month in Thailand, close to the beach. Good place. Yeah. Good place, yeah. That sounds like fun. I think we should visit there. Peter writes, I have wintered in Oaxaca, Mexico for the past 16 years. That's pretty dedicated. Oaxaca. 
Oaxaca. Did I say that correctly? Oaxaca. Yeah, I think so. You guys have never been to Mexico. No. No. It's definitely on our list. Yeah. Mexico. Mexico. All right. Charlotte writes, Cacopatria is a wonderful place, a sort of magical antiquity dropped into the mountains of Cyprus. You were just in Cacopatria. That's right. Well, she was uh, reacting to the podcast where we were talking about Cacopetra. 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 Something like that. I forget. We'd been along the searingly hot coast in August and welcomed the relative cool of this stony village with its skinny little streets. A delightful surprise and treasured memory. Yep. Cacopetria or whatever it's called. It's a great place, nice and cool there in the mountains. Yeah. And you've got some good bakeries nearby. <laughs> <laughs> you knew we were going to talk about those, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there are, I, I saw a lot of Airbnbs there, so, and there, but there's also a lot Probably of... Probably very popular with tourists. That whole town used to be kind of run down, and uh, we had a guide who showed us how it had been completely gentrified, where uh, they had fixed up all those old homes, and mm. now they were all Airbnbs. Yeah. Val writes, winter isn't that rough in southern Virginia, and it gives me a break from my flower gardening, which I love during the warm seasons because I still enjoy some off time. We did go to Barbados last spring break where you can get a rental actually steps from the beach. Mm, Sounds like fun. Yeah. The snorkeling catamaran picked us up on the beach. Okay. uh, Barbados is great. My old editor, the Miami Herald, would always talk about Barbados and seeing the green flash there when the sun sets and you see the green flash. You know where I want to go right now? Because we're talking about Iden, uh, islands a little bit. I was about to say Aydens. We're talking about no, islands We are a talking bit. about you, Aiden. We're talking about islands a little bit. I really want to go to Bermuda one of these days. It just looks like a cool place to go to. Mm-hmm. We can hit Bermuda on the way back, sure. I heard they kind of sound like they're from South Africa in, in Bermuda. Uh, it's got a little bit more of a Caribbean. It's, it's not in the Caribbean, but they sound like they're from the Caribbean. They're a little bit more British, though. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's a nice bar- place. Really bar- nice place. Isn't yeah? Isn't that supposed to be a British colony or a former British yeah, colony? Yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's a part of the Commonwealth, yeah. but I, it's a, it's apparently like a paradise up there. Yeah. All right, it's real nice. Pamela writes: French Polynesia is my favorite warm weather destination. Being so close to the equator, the temperature is almost always eighty Fahrenheit. Rangiroa in the Tuamotu Islands is like a blue galoon, blue lagoon paradise and not crowded. Both of those sound really nice. Yeah. yeah. Katie writes, Kauai, although now that we live on the East Coast, getting there is more of an ordeal. Kauai is one of our favorite Hawaiian islands. Uh, we've been there. We stayed there for a week, a couple of years back, and it's extremely authentic. You can yeah. go walk that, through that Grand Canyon and look out and see Nihau, and it's yeah. really pretty beautiful. Hawaii is amazing. And Katie also says that she hasn't been to the Bahamas yet. But supposedly, uh, the big island, she says, you know, is probably much better than the Bahamas. So. I don't know. They're, they're so different. Bahamas yeah. are great, though. They're very, very you know, close to the U.S. We haven't been to the Bahamas very often. I think the last time we went to the Bahamas was actually St. Lucia. It was on a cruise. St. Lucia is not the Bahamas. No, oh. we, were, we stopped there on a cruise. St. Lucia isn't part of the... It's right, Nassau, it's right near there, though. Yeah, we're back it's Nassau, really close. Bahamas. No, um, St. Lucia is farther south. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Let, me, let me get the map. I, I could have sworn because I, I reminded myself of that island because I was looking yeah. at the map. Oh, well. Well, that about does it for us. We are going to have so much more to talk about next week because we're not going to stay put in Basel. We're going to be traveling in Switzerland and we'll have more on Israel because we just couldn't get it all into one podcast. I'm so glad you guys joined us. Don't forget to answer this week's question about destinations that changed your life. And uh, 
We will see you back here next week. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Ciao.